cutdown day has arrived in the NFL. Let's talk about it today on Locked On Jets. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. This is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Tuesday, August 29th, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thanking you so much for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe to the show for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so that you'll get new episodes as soon as they're posted. If you're listening on a podcast source and enjoy the show, please give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help us out and help other Jets fans find the podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Well, today is cut-down day in the NFL. Teams need to get their rosters down to 53 players by 4 p.m. Eastern time. Let's talk about what that means. So teams right now have around 90 players. And the Jets actually began their cuts yesterday. We'll get to that in a bit. But teams bring 90 players into training camp. So essentially, from the first day of the new NFL calendar year, which begins in March, it's the start of free agency, until today, Teams have a roster limit of 90 players. So a lot of players, a lot of extra guys in the mix. After today, from today until the beginning of the next league year, which will be in March of 2024, the roster limit is 53 players. And this year, and if you're an everydayer, you know this because I talked about this on a recent show, there's only one cut down. You know, there have been points in the NFL where they've had a couple of they've had a couple cut down days where it's like you have to get from 90 to 80 after the first preseason game or you know, 80 to 75 after the second, something like that to kind of help trim the roster a little bit. That's not happening this year. This year, teams begin with 90. And that's one of the reasons the Jets probably began yesterday, because they have to cut so many players that there were probably some easy ones that they knew guys they were not going to keep. So it made it made it easier for them to make the process a little bit easier. There are some other guys where it might be a bit of a more difficult decision and they'll, they may go all the way to the four o'clock deadline. Today. There's always the last minute wheeling and dealing. Can we trade this guy that we're not going to keep? You know, teams really hold out to the last possible minute. So there's no way we will know every single 53 man roster by four o'clock. In fact, we probably won't know most of them. The Jets usually go right down to the wire. You know, occasionally they'll just get they'll get done early. They'll see what they've they, they, they'll say we've been able to accomplish what we've been able to accomplish. But most of the time, this goes well past 4 p.m. Eastern time. So and I know this because I have to cover it. So it's always painful. I always think when the first start cut start rolling in on cut down day, I think, all right, this could be an early day. And then the last couple of them really drag on and they drag on past the deadline and it's not till dinner time that we know exactly what's going on now here's some key things to know about cut down day now the jets cut a player who has more than four years of nfl experience that player automatically becomes a free agent and he can sign with any of the other 32 teams or he can sign with a practice squad so there might be a veteran player out there that the Jets want to bring back to their practice squad just as guys who's insured with guy who has some degree provide some degree of insurance. They can cut him today and he can start signing with anybody. He can sign with another roster. He can sign with a practice squad. He can sign with you know, any team's practice squad. And that's another thing to know is that just because a player spent the preseason with the Jets 
That doesn't mean he has to stick with the Jets practice squad if he goes to the practice squad. He can sign with any team's practice squad, and the reverse is true. The Jets can sign players to their practice squad who spent the preseason with other teams. Now, where things get tricky is when we enter what's known as the waiver wire. And you may be used to this in fantasy football if you you play. It's a little bit different than what you're used to, though. So the waiver wire applies to players with less than four years of experience. And this actually changes during the season. We get to a point in the regular season where everybody is subject to waivers if they're cut, even if they are a vested veteran who has more than four years of experience. But for players who have less than four years of experience who are released on cut down day, they have to go through this process that we won't have the answers until tomorrow. Essentially, anybody with four, less than four years of experience is placed on what's known as waivers. And the other 31 teams in the league all have a chance to claim the player. And that's essentially the other 31's team saying, you know what, I want to bring that guy onto my team. And if you place a claim on a, a player who's on waivers, essentially you can get him. You, know, you, you just take his contract. It's almost like he's traded to you for nothing because you don't need to negotiate a new contract. His current contract applies. You just get the player. Now, if more than one team puts a claim on a player, he is awarded to whichever team had the highest draft pick in the first round of the NFL draft in the spring. And that's their original pick. So the Jets obviously traded their pick from uh, to Green Bay in the Aaron Rodgers trade. So they dropped from 13 to 15. The Jets, the Jets have the 13th slot. Just because they traded their pick, that does not change their order in the waiver wire. The Jets have the 13th slot. So essentially, if the Jets put a claim on a player who and another team puts a claim on a player. It depends on whether the team originally dra- was drafting higher than the Jets in the spring or whether the team was drafting lower than the Jets in the spring. And it's true. You know, thirty-one Up to 31 teams can put in a claim on a player. Now, in reality, that would never happen. But uh, in theory, if you cut a player, the other 31 teams could all put a waiver claim on, on him. And it doesn't matter how many teams put a claim in on the player. The player is awarded to the team with the highest pick in the spring's NFL draft. And again, that changes once you get to the regular season. You get to a few weeks into the season and the order starts to go based on record. But what the league's trying to do is essentially what the league always tries to do. The NFL is built to try and make the weak teams stronger and the strong teams weaker. And this is one way they do it. If a player's available, they want to give the weakest teams the first crack at getting the player. So that, and then if, a, if nobody claims a player, then He's what's he's done what's known as clearing waivers. So if none of the other 31 teams say we want this guy, then he becomes a free agent. His contract becomes null and void. He has to work out a new contract if he wants to continue his career with another team, or he's free to sign with any team's practice squad. Now, will the Jets put in a way a waiver claim on anybody? You know, there are a few spots where you could see it potentially, a few spots where they may want to increase their depth, maybe linebacker, maybe safety. Uh, maybe offensive line, but I think it's less likely than it's been in years past because the Jets roster is just better than it's been in a while. You know, back if you go back to like the late Mike McCacken days or the early Joe Douglas days, the Jets had one of the worst rosters in the NFL. In fact, there was a year or two where they did not claim anybody. And I was like, really? You're telling me that there's no team out there where the 54th best player is better than the 53rd best player on the Jets? It's different, though, this year. The Jets will probably pick their spots. And for whatever it's worth, Joe Douglas has been outstanding working the waiver wire. It's probably the best thing he's done. Uh, It's not the best thing he's done, but it's probably the area where he's 
succeeded the most uh, as Jets GM. If you were just like giving a grade to each area of how Joe Douglas operates his job, he'd probably get the highest grade for the waiver wire because he's gotten a lot of useful players. He got John Franklin Myers off waivers. He got Braxton Berrios off waivers. He got Quincy Williams off waivers. He got Nate Herbig off waivers. So Douglas works the waiver wire really well. And the Jets, I think, their front office are very thorough in scouting the types of players on the bottom of other rosters across the league who they think could fit what they want to do. So it'll be worth watching, but that's essentially the process that you'll see take place over the next couple of days as teams trim their rosters and begin to fill out their practice squad. The waiver wire comes into play quite a bit. Now, head here on the Locked On Jets podcast, we'll talk about some of the early cuts the Jets made. Jets have made a couple of moves to get their roster into compliance. As I said, I think they've kind of gotten rid of some of the guys they really weren't planning on keeping. We'll talk about one or two of these guys continuing this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Jets podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by Game Time. Now, if you're watching on YouTube today, you see another new background. I'm on my way to the U.S. Open in New York. You know, tickets for that event are not always easy to find, but buying them should not be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Game Time is the fast and easiest way to buy them. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing all over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you'll have. Game Time has so many benefits. There are flash deals, last-minute tickets, images of seat views so that you'll never get surprised by some sort of obstructed view when you arrive at your event. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's quite a guarantee. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what you expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps in your set, and tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you'll never have to dig through email. Snag the tickets without the stress at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen or first watch every day. Big shout out to you every day. This is a daily podcast covering the New York Jets. We have new episodes each day, Monday through Friday. Over the last couple of weeks, I've been traveling. I've given shout outs to various uh, various people living in the places I've been traveling. Today, as I mentioned, I'm in New York for the U.S. Open. So every day is a shout out for New York fans. So uh, I, I guess it will make this an unofficial dedication to the new fans in new york but i mean it's the new york jets you're probably from the area so uh shout out to everybody in new york but today we're talking about cut down day and the jets began making their cuts yesterday not a ton of surprises there were two that i thought were notable one was trading the uh, safety which could he's a guy who seems like a good practice squad candidate i think the jets should not have a lot of trouble getting him onto the practice squad I think the biggest name who were among the Monday cuts was Bam Knight, uh, running back out of NC State, undrafted free agent, who actually played a bit of a role for the Jets down the stretch last year. He actually became the starting running back after the injury to Brees Hall and the struggles of both Michael Carter and James Robinson. He put up a couple of really good games right around Thanksgiving, and then things really fell off down the stretch. And I have to say, I'm not super surprised Bam Knight got cut because I think the Dalvin Cook signing – was kind of the writing on the wall for Bam Knight. I think that if the Jets were confident 
in what they had in these young backs in their room. And that includes Carter. It also includes Izzy Abanaconda. That Elvin Cook would not be here. But that's one of the sometimes when a team's interested in the player or a team's not interested in a player, I think it tells you a lot about what they think about the guys already on the roster. Because if the Jets had let Dalvin Cook go somewhere else, that would have been a sign to me that, you know what, they like their young running back room. You know, they think maybe Carter will bounce back. They think maybe Abanaconda is going to be producing as a rookie, or they think Bam Knight is going to be able to carry a pretty big load for them this year. And the fact they brought in Cook, that suggests to me that they don't, they think Bam Knight's more of a run-of-the-mill running back. Now, yesterday there was a, a tweet, or I don't know if it's you call it an X now, from Ian Rappaport suggesting that Bam Knight had trade value, that the Jets were in, that J- the Jets received inquiries about teams t- wanting to trade for Bam Knight. That doesn't make any sense because the Jets were cutting Bam Knight. So if the Jets were cutting Bam Knight and any team asked him about asked them about making a trade, of course the Jets would have taken the trade because they're cutting the guy. So the most logical thing for me is to think that that was just Bam Knight's agent trying to drum up interest in his clients, saying, "Well, teams are interested in trading for Knight." You better put in a waiver claim. He's essentially trying to convince some team to put in a waiver claim for Knight because it really doesn't add up that the Jets would have gotten any sort of trade inquiry for Bam Knight and then just cut him instead of getting something in return for him. I, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see how true that is. I think Bam Knight's a type of guy who very well could end up on the Jets practice squad if he's not claimed. That's what happened last year. He kind of sat on the practice squad for you know the first two months or so of the season, first two, three months of the season, and then stepped into the lineup. It was a game against the Chicago Bears. He played really well. He followed it up with good games against Minnesota and Buffalo. And then things kind of fell apart for him. And I don't know how much of it was his fault because the offensive line was in rough shape by the end of the season. You know, they had a lot of injuries. They were not able to run block effectively. And a lot of your ability to rush, unless you have like a superstar back, like a Brees Hall, is based on how well your team run blocks. So I, I could have gone either way on night, to be honest with you. I saw some things last year that kind of impressed me. I also saw some games that weren't necessarily that impressive down the stretch. So I, it's one of those situations where I kind of trust the Jets because they're seeing him every day in practice. They're getting a sense of what he can do and what he can't do. Um, I, I don't get this feeling that this is one that the Jets are really going to regret in the long run because this is something, and I want to go back to something I said a few weeks ago. I know that there's some Jets fans a little upset over this, but I think you have to look at it from this perspective. Jets have three young running backs on this roster. You have Michael Carter, you have Izzy Abanaconda, and you have Bam Knight. Now, the Jets' job is to evaluate these players. Their job is to figure out who's going to be good for us and who's not going to be good for us. Now, these are three backs with some degree of ability. I mean, they're in the NFL. If you're in the NFL, you're a very good football player. But these three young running backs, you know, two of them were day three picks, Carter and Abanaconto. One was an undrafted free agent, Bam Knight. Now, it's not impossible for a late-round picker and an undrafted free agent to be a good player in the NFL. It happens all the time, especially at the running back position. That's a position that's seen its value plummet over the last two, three decades. But... I think it's very unlikely that all three of these guys are going to be great NFL players. I think it's fair to say that at least one of these guys, and probably two, and maybe all three, are not going to have successful careers in the NFL. Or at least they're not going to be difference makers. You know, they're, I think at least one of these guys is going to be the type of back who's a dime a dozen. So your job as a front office and a coaching staff is to figure out which one of them it is. And we don't get to see them every day, but the coaching staff does, the front office does. They are with these guys nonstop. 
So they have an, they have every opportunity. They have every advantage to figure out which of the three, and again, it may be more than one of them, but which of these guys is not going to be a special player. And the Jets have deemed that Bam Knight's going to be the guy. And listen, we'll see what happens. If he ends up being a very good player with some other team, then yeah, I think we can question what happened. But for right now, I feel like you have to give the Jets the benefit of the doubt here because they're the ones evaluating these guys. And they evaluated their situation in the running back room. And they said, you know what? We need Dalvin Cook. And they said, of these three guys, again, not all three are going to be great players. Of these three guys, we think Bam's the least likely to be a great player. So we'll see what happens. But I'm inclined to take the Jets' side on this, even though I know there's a lot of disappointment in some quarters of the fan base. I think that sometimes we get upset over these moves and they end up not making a big difference. And half the time you're able to sneak the guy onto the practice squad. We'll see how valid these reports are that Bam Knight's generating a lot of interest on the waiver wire. I don't really believe that anybody was interested in, in a trade, though, because if they were, the Jets would have traded them. Now, head here on the Lockdown Jets podcast, we'll look ahead to today. There are a few questions that need to be answered about what the Jets are doing, maybe some areas of strength where they could seek a trade for a player. We'll discuss continuing this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Jets podcast. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Tuesday. It is cut down day in the NFL. Teams need to get their rosters down to 53 players by 4 p.m. Eastern time. Jets started making their cuts yesterday. Plenty more moves to come today. I think that it's going to be interesting to see what the Jets do, especially in areas where they have strength. Uh, there's been rumors for months about perhaps the Jets making a trade of a defensive lineman, particularly a defensive end. That's a spot where the team has a lot of depth, where the team has a lot of strength. I, I don't see the logic behind it because I think they could fit every guy that they have who's a quality player onto this roster. I mean, you know, Carl Lawson's not going anywhere because he's injured. You have John, and by the way, the, the injury to Carl Lawson makes it less likely that you'll see a trade or at least it makes it it seems it makes it less advised that the Jets should make a trade with one of their defensive ends because it shows you the value of depth you know and I, I think that depth is not something you want to throw away very quickly in the NFL you want to have as deep of a roster as possible I've seen people suggest the Jets have too much depth at defensive end well I got to tell you something there's no way you can have too much depth at defensive end the ability to get after the passer is one of the best things you can have as a defense it's uh, to me, it's like second to having a shutdown corner, which the Jets also have in the NFL. You've got to do two things. You got to throw the ball effectively and you got to shut down the other team's passing attack. And the way the two ways you've shut down the passing attack are you get to the quarterback and you cover. And the Jets have the ability to do both. They have the ability to cover because they have top notch corners. They have the ability to get to the quarterback because they have all this depth on the defensive line. So I would not be willing to give up what de what depth the Jets have up front. I, I think that. You know, whatever you get for Bryce Huff, I don't think it's worth it. Um, so I, I'd be against a trade. You're all in right now. We know the Jets are trying to win big this year. This is not a, this is not a team that's focused on building for the future. That's a, this is a team that's focused on the here and now, trying to win immediately. So I don't really see the logic behind that. Um, you know, in other news, I've seen some rumors that the Jets are trying to trade Tristan Colon, a backup lineman, and that you know if if the Rumors around Bam Knight were generated by the agent. These these rumors about the Jets trading Tristan Cologne seem like they are squarely from the Jets front office because who would be interested in trading for Tristan Cologne? <laughs> I mean, there is I shouldn't say that because there are some very odd moves that are made with around marginal players this time of year. You've seen it through the year. Sometimes the Jets are the team trading for the player, sometimes 
Um, sometimes the team's trading the Jets for a player. So I guess I can't say that. It wouldn't be the most unprecedented thing in the world for a player like Tristan Cologne to get traded. But it's always odd when a team willing to give up a pick for somebody like that. Beyond which, it's not like the Jets are overloading, overloaded with offensive line talent. I mean, I think everybody views that as the weak spot on the roster. So it'd be interesting to see what happens there. I mean, a couple other interesting spots. I want to know what's going to happen with Bryce Hall. And I want to know what's happened to Bryce Hall. Because two years ago, he was probably a little overrated by Jets fans. I mean, I saw people talking about it was a number one corner at the time. Uh, you know, I may have even mentioned it was a number one corner at the time, if I'm being honest. But we were probably overhyping him. It was, you know, the classic Jets guy who, on a bad team, who looks better than everybody else. So we, maybe we get a little too excited for him. But he was a competent corner two years ago when he was a starter. And I have no idea what's happened. This guy looks horrible now. He can't cover anybody. I know he wasn't. Maybe we overhyped him a little bit, but I know he wasn't as bad two years ago as he's looked in the preseason. I'm interested to see what's going to happen with him. Do the Jets even keep him around? Because over the last year plus, I've been under the I've been un, under the assumption that you know what he's probably one of the best backup corners in the NFL. I'm not so sure anymore. I'm not even sure he's better than Brandon Eccles. It's very odd what's happened with Bryce Hall, and I'm not sure he's even a lock to make the team at this point. And you know there was a, probably an indication last year when he gave up that touchdown in the opener and then suddenly he was being deactivated that maybe he had fallen out of favor with the coaching staff. And now we're at a point where I'm not even sure Hall is going to make the final roster. Really interesting scenario there. And I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how the Jets handle him. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast source and enjoy the show, please give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. Helps us out. Helps other Jets fans find the show. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about the Jets roster.